Thank you, Luke. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the line between great faith and crazy is it's very close to one another. I'm not sure always on which side we fall. But anyway, <laughs> it's a massive privilege to be with you guys. Uh, we had an amazing time this morning and um, just so blessed. Uh, being a part of, of, of what the Lord is doing here. I told the, the morning congregation as well that you guys, your testimony is reaching us all the way in Wellington, what the Lord is doing here and um, in you guys and through you guys. So it's just a massive privilege to, to be here. Do you guys know you have great leaders in Luke and Amu and in James? Hey? Do you want, guys want to honor them? Just give them a round of applause. Bless them. They are amazing people. Wow, thank you. Um, I almost feel, feel a little bit messed up after the worship and prayer, and just, it's just been so good. Um, but I want to share something tonight with you um, regarding worship, actually. And um, I felt like at the end of the service, we need to commission a few people. And maybe you are here and you've never, you have never been commissioned to live as a sent one from the Lord. And um, I just sensed in my heart like the Holy Spirit wants to commission some of you. Commission to go out and live as if the Lord is the one that called you to the work or the school or the wherever you are at, that, that you will go back there as if the Lord called you there. Too many people always... Okay, except in George, everybody wants to live here, so nobody wants to go and live in, an, in another place. But most people just want to go and live in another town, work at another place, be in another church, because we have this crazy idea that it is always better somewhere else. But how would life look like if you start living as if the Lord sent you here? How would your work look like if you work there as if the Lord sent you there to actually make a difference? And that is what I believe we are all called to do. So, um, yeah, I just sense we need to end off commissioning some of you. So, so listen to the, to the word and may the Holy Spirit speak to you. Listen to what he wants to, to tell you and uh, we see where it goes. I think we're going to tie in with this last song. I just felt like that is a good, that is just a good song to sing anyway. You guys can open up your Bibles if you have them in, uh, at Romans we're going to go to Romans 12, and we see how it goes. Something you don't know about me, my surname is Loftus. And um, and I tell you something that you should never repeat again, please. But my wife has one sister, and she's married to a Fersfeld. <laughs> yes. That is true. So I have went, I've gone through a lot of inner healing and deliverance and stuff, so I am okay. I just want to testify to that. But that's super dangerous surname to have in the Boerland. Like, you can get killed having the surname Loftus in the Boerland. So, but please don't tell anybody I told you. That's family secrets. Anyway, let's, uh, let's go on. Romans 12. Romans 12 is normally... We go to Romans 12, verse 2, the renewing of our mind. You guys are well known with that scripture, right? To renew your mind, to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And um, maybe just one point on that, that was a revelation to me, 
You cannot renew your mind with your past. You cannot, it won't help you to renew your mind with your emotions. You can only renew your mind with truth, right? And that is what worship makes worship so powerful. When we sing songs, you are declaring something higher than what you are experiencing. And that builds faith and causes transformation in our, in our lives, okay? But I want to focus on Romans 12, 1 tonight. It reads the following, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So I always tell our congregation, listen, it's always a good time to worship. If, if you're in a good space, it's a good space to worship. If you're in a bad space, it's a good space to worship. It's, it's, worship is always fitting for every occasion. And um, I heard somebody say, everybody worships, but some people worship God. There's, in everybody's life, there's something we love, something we give our lives for. Some choose to do it and give it to the Lord, and others give it for other stuff, for, for sport and entertainment and whatever that might, might be. But worship is fitting for every occasion. So if we look in the Bible, um, we see these three aspects being played out through the, the, through the Scriptures. Thanksgiving would be one that we associate with worship. Um, praise is something else we would associate with worship into the the, the gates through praise and, and the Lord's courts in, uh, or thanksgiving and then into his courts with praise. And then we talk about worship. And I want to get to the worship part, but let's, let's go through the thanksgiving and the praise um, first. Now, normally, if we look at the Bible, thanksgiving is our response to what the Lord does. So the Lord touches you and you are thankful for that. The Lord provides for you and you are thankful for that. The Lord heals you and you are thankful for that. So thanksgiving is our response to what the Lord does in our lives. The Lord saved you, so we are thankful for that. Amen? So thanksgiving plays a massive role. It, this is important to the Lord, right? I mean, nobody likes any, anyway, nobody likes somebody that moans all the time. It's just irritating. So in a kingdom sense as well, you never enter the courts of a king moaning. You will lose your life back then. If you go into the courts of a king moaning about the king and who the king is, you always enter with thanksgiving. That's the way we approach the Lord. And then we go into his courts and we praise his name, right? So praise is mainly our response to who the Lord is. He is healer, so we praise him. He is provider, so we praise him. He is God and he's sovereign, so we praise him. So thanksgiving is our response to what the Lord does in our lives. And praise is our response to who He is. In Isaiah 60 verse 18, it speaks about a city. And the walls of the city is called salvation. And the gates of the city is called praise. If Now you got saved and that gave you walls. But if you don't instill the gates of your city, it's easy target for the enemy, right? So if, 
if, if the believer's life is dry of praise and there's no praise in our lives, we do not have gates in our lives, which leaves us vulnerable. So gates are super important. Praise is super important when it comes to a spiritual sense to our spiritual lives. So I want to encourage you, praise the Lord always. That's why Paul says, in every circumstance, praise the Lord. Praise Him always. You will have your gates in place in your life and you will be um, protected. In Revelations 21.21, we read again about gates. Can you remember the gates of heaven? Can you remember what, gates, what those gates of, are made of? Of pearls. You know how a pearl is formed. I was a fish farmer before I went into ministry. So in an oyster, a small sand grain gets into the oyster and it irritates the oyster. And over time, there's layers of calcium that get laid, laid on this grain of sand and it forms an oyster. And it's this amazing thing to think that the gates are made of pearls. What does this tell us? If you can praise God in the difficult times of your life, beautiful things will be formed. It's a matter of time. Okay? Praise is not only reserved for good times. It is a powerful weapon in times of difficulty. And it is a powerful weapon in this climate that we are living in, in South Africa and in COVID, to praise. I'm telling you, Ben, I want to tell you, worship and praise is going to play a massive role in us moving through this season that we are currently in. We need to sing our way out of this. Amen? Jesus didn't think his way out of the desert. He proclaimed God's word. Amen? He proclaimed, and they went for it, right? Okay, so praise is super important. Psalms 22, verse 3, God inhabits. So who do you think inhabits your complaining? We'll just leave it at there. God inhabits the praises of His people. Listen, if you are in difficult circumstances, and you start praising God, you are increasing the space for God to move in. You are increasing space for God to work in. But if you are in difficult circumstances and all you do is complain, God doesn't inhabit the complaining of His people. But there is somebody else that loves the complaining. And He will come and He will inhabit. But we close down the space for God to move. And listen, you don't need to understand your circumstances to praise God. Because here's the thing, we do not praise God because we, it, it goes well with us. We praise God because He's worthy of praise. Amen? We don't do that thing of, Lord, that manipulation thing of, Lord, if you do this to me, I will praise you. If you give this to me, I will praise you. If you heal me, I will praise you. Listen, if God heals you, praise His name. If it doesn't heal you, praise His name. I've heard so many testimonies of people being prayed for for healing and they didn't receive their healing right here in front. But as they walked out, they thanked God and they got healed at their car just because they thanked the Lord. And the heart position of the believer in this season is super important. Don't allow complaining and moaning and negativity and all of that to overtake you. But have the eyes of the Lord. God, what are you doing? What are you seeing? What are you sensing? Lord, what are you excited about? Amen? Okay. 
There's a fight at the moment for what we, there's a fight for our thoughts. And hopefully tonight I will give you a key to overcome that fight. <clears throat> to overcome and to win. Um, so we said thanksgiving is our response to what the Lord does. Praise is our response to who the Lord is. Um, and it's amazing, God's presence is attracted to praise. He inhabits the praises of His people. He just, He comes there. When we gather together, like tonight, in His name, He's here. When we praise, He's here. When we surrender, He's here. There's things that we do that God's presence is just attracted to that, right? And praise and thanksgiving is one of that. Now listen, do you always feel thankful? No, two people. The rest? No. You don't always feel thankful. Do you always feel like praising God? No, we don't. So if in those moments, so I want to say this, you are not a victim to whatever that circumstance or emotion is. It is that you are feeling that does not make you thankful or let you feel you're not in the mood to praise, okay? You're not a victim to that. In that moment, you have a choice. And then we've got this beautiful, amazing opportunity to bring a sacrifice of praise to the Lord. What does that mean? It means when I do not feel like praising God, I choose and tell my soul like David that you will praise the Lord. It is good to have a good talk with yourself every once in a while, at least three times a day. Right? And just to tell yourself, listen, rick yourself no no price. And you do that, right? Like in the kingdom, it works like this. You get joy by rejoicing. Okay? In the world, we just want joy because we want everything to be lacquer. But if everything isn't lacquer, then we are down. In the kingdom, it's an upside-down kingdom. But you choose to praise, and if, if you have brought a sacrifice of praise to the Lord, you would feel the shift in the atmosphere of your heart. You will feel that shift. It just, man, it's, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. I want to tell you, I would add this on. In a time and a season where we are living in where mental health is a massive issue and increasing by the day, remain thankful. Remain thankful. I think it is a key, absolute key to mental, to mental health. So we don't always feel like praising. We don't, don't always feel like giving thanks. So we've got this great opportunity then to bring an offering to the Lord of, of thanksgiving and an offering of praise to the Lord. So what is worship then? When we enter worship, Worship is our response to the presence of God. So as we give thanks, we enter the gates. As we praise, we enter the courts. And then we enter the presence of the King. And in worship, we respond to the presence of the King. In thanksgiving, and in praise, we've got the opportunity to bring a sacrifice. But in worship, we don't bring a sacrifice. 
in true worship, you become the sacrifice. When God is in the room, He's not looking for what you can give Him. I suck for what you can bid me. I suck for you. He's looking for you. He's looking for someone that will be willing to go to him and to get on that altar. Not to put a sacrifice there and to walk away. Say, Lord, this is what I give you. He's looking for you to get up on that altar. Say, Lord, this is all I can give to you in true worship. So in true worship, we do not give an offering. We become the offering. And this is what Romans 12, 1 is about. That you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. That is worship. It's not you singing songs. It's not in your thanksgiving and it's not in your praise. It is in your surrender. Here's the beautiful thing. We've got a, a wise man in my life that says, the problem with a living sacrifice, it wants to crawl off the altar all the time. God wouldn't force you on that altar. But he does invite us to the altar. He does invite us to get up to that altar, to climb up there and say, Lord, here I am. The good, the bad, and the ugly of me. Lord, the Lord isn't looking for your perfection. Listen, I told the first service as well, your perfect prayer doesn't heal anybody. An authentic prayer like a child. Oh, God can work powerfully for that. But in our context, where, where I come from in Wellington, everybody, we, I don't know how to pray. I don't have enough faith. Listen, don't make it about you. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Amen? Whenever we slip into the, I do not have enough faith. I do not know what to do. I do not know how to pray. I do not pray in front of people. If we've lost. You've made it about you. Don't make it about you. Make it about Jesus. He will heal. He will move. He isn't bound by what you can or cannot do, what you can think. He's not afraid of your past. He's not afraid of the shameful things you've done. He's not afraid of that. He's looking for you on that altar. And you guys can open up. Let's go to, to Isaiah 6. Are you guys okay? Does this make sense? Do I make sense? I'm actually Afrikaans, so if, uh, if you don't understand my English. <laughs> as long as I'm not lost. <laughs> I want to take you to a moment of what I believe worship is. And then, um, and then we're going to pray for people. Before I get there, we must always remember worship has a powerful effect on darkness. But whenever we use worship as worship, we are not worshiping anymore. It's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line to walk. If we want to use worship, do you, you know the, the, um, 
the story, now I forgot, the King Josephat. That uh, the enemies came against him and the Lord just said, you praise my name and I will fight for you. And um, that is such a powerful picture of what worship can do. But we don't be mistaken as using worship to, to, to force the Lord's hand. Because that's manipulation. God's not into that. Okay? Again, we do not worship God so that He heals us. We don't worship God so that He provides for us. We worship God because He's worthy of worship. Doesn't matter what the, my circumstances is, He is worthy. And we ascribe worth, worth to Him. That is what worship is. And when we come to the altar... Yes, this is so powerful that the worth that God is looking for, that we ascribe to Him, is that we surrender our lives to Him. So, Lord, here I am. That is what the Lord is looking for. He's looking for surrendered lives. So, let's read here. In This is a well-known piece of, uh, of Scripture in Isaiah 6, verse 1. Um, he says, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled, and that is a continual filling, filled the temple. And jump to verse 8. So he has this vision of the Lord. And I, wanna, I want you to see Isaiah's response to the vision that he sees, because this is a moment of worship. He says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying. So he sees this vision of Jesus, right? And then he hears the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And here's the worship moment. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Who will go for him? Who will go back to your work for him? Who can he send back to your context to go and represent him? Who can he send? This is the worship moment. For Isaiah, this was the moment of total surrender. My eyes have seen the Lord. Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. Listen, a lot of you will have a lot of arguments why the Lord should not pick you. And, and believe you me, I've got a lot of arguments why the Lord should not pick me. Okay? But there's always arguments. Moses had them. Isaiah had them. Ezekiel had them. Everybody has an argument why the Lord should not pick you. But from God's perspective, your argument doesn't mean anything to him. Because he looks at his son, Jesus Christ, and that is argument enough for him to pick you. And say that you are the one I will choose to go back to your context to represent me. But the Lord is looking for an offering. He's looking for a sacrifice. He's looking for you. And I just felt Holy Spirit on, on this tonight that we should actually commission some of you that are willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to get on that altar. I've lived a life where I've brought, I've brought you my good works. I've given you everything, but I haven't given me. 
There's a wise man, John Andrews. I told the second service, I think. He said this powerful thing that changed my life. He said, God cannot change the person you are pretending to be. There's one pastor said to his congregation, a lot of you guys have been wearing masks long before this COVID thing hit us. Oh man, I just believe the church needs to come to a place of authenticity where you get on the altar and all that the Lord is looking for is for a little bit of faith. Say, Lord, I know me. You know me. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And it doesn't make sense that you want to pick me, that you want to choose me, that you want to call me, and that you want to send me. But this is what I have to bring. Me. Many are called... Few are chosen. Do you know how that works in the kingdom? It works like this. Say, for instance, my brother, he's moving next week. Who here is willing to help him move? It's going to be hard work. Is there any, any takers? Okay. Many are called, but I choose you. And I choose you, and I choose you because you have raised your hand and said yes. Many are called, but few are chosen. In the kingdom, all the Lord is looking for is your yes. He'll take care of the rest. And he'll take care of your argument. Just give him time. (laughs) He'll take care of it. Ben, can you guys come up? And... um, When I... When I, when I started learning about what this true worship is all about, 2 Corinthians 2.15 started to make sense to me that it speaks about the fragrance of life. That the apostles, as they gave their lives to the Lord, it released a fragrance, and the fragrance of Christ was released. And I believe that George will smell the fragrance of Christ as you offer yourself, your bodies as a living sacrifice. The altar is a scary place. It is the place of total surrender, but it's also the place of life. The fire of God does not fall next to the altar. It falls on the altar. And the fire of God always falls on sacrifice. And I guess the question tonight is, are you willing to give your life, to give your body as a living sacrifice? To bring you. Are you willing that the Lord sees you? Are you willing to be vulnerable before the Lord? To say, Lord, here I am. This is me. I want to be commissioned by you. Like Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, send me. The altar, when it it comes to living in the commission, the altar is the place where it all happens. For, For me and you to be commissioned, we need to be in total submission to the main mission of Jesus. 
When you live in total submission to the mission of Jesus, only then are you commissioned. Does that make sense? And authority comes from the commission. That you know that you know that I'm totally surrendered. Lord, I'm on this altar. And Holy Spirit, please let me know. When this living sacrifice wants to crawl off, let me know. Because then I want to stop and reverse back on to that altar. So I want to invite you guys. Just take a moment. As the, as the band is playing in the background, just take a moment. Contemplate this. Are you willing to, to worship? Are you willing tonight to worship? Worship doesn't happen because of a great set list. Worship doesn't happen because we sing in the right key. In our congregation, I'm not allowed to stand close to the worship leader because she says she can't keep note if I'm too close to her. So I have to sing way over there. It doesn't happen if, if I sing on key. Worship happens when I bring my body as a living sacrifice. When I do not bring something to the Lord, but I become the sacrifice that gets onto that altar. And I want to make a call tonight. If you want to get onto that altar tonight and worship, then I want to invite you to stand to your feet and to come forward. And we're going to just go into worship for a moment. And then we want to pray for you. And we want to commission you. We want to lay our hands on you. And we want to send you. The Lord is saying, who will go for us? Who will go for us? Here I am, Lord. Send me. That's worship. And that's all the Lord is looking for. So can we stand to our feet and um, just take a moment. And I want to invite you. Like, if you want to worship, why don't you move to the front? If you want to give your body as a living sacrifice and say, Lord, here I am. Send me. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go into the school. I want to go to my engineering firm. I want to go into the hospital. I want to, Lord, I want to get into this new space of worship where I would not bring you something, but I am the something I bring. Thank you. You guys can just move forward. You can just move forward. Thank you so much for responding. Let me tell you something. God is going to honor your yes. He, uh, the only thing He needs is your yes. And He will move on your yes. Lord, so we just thank You, Father, that tonight we can say this is the worship that we bring to You, Father God. In the name of Jesus, it is us. Lord, I want to bless each person responding here tonight with eyes to see, with ears to hear, and with a heart to perceive what it is that You are doing. Lord, I want to bless them with a prophetic gift to see from heaven, to perceive from heaven. Lord, when they go out here to go out differently, seeing people differently, seeing their boss differently, seeing their context differently, Lord, 
but no more will we be in this space where we always want to work somewhere else. But we say thank you for sending us to George to change this place, to change the atmosphere of this town and of this province in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that out of this sacrifice, your fire will fall upon and that there will be a fragrance from tonight in this town that has not been smelled in this town ever before. But that there will be a fragrance of Christ just filling the air. Thank you, Jesus. As that song says, revival is in the air. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for an offering. Jesus Christ, thank you that you offered your body. Hey, and I want to honor you guys. I want to honor your yes. Do you know the Holy Spirit that gives us life is the same Holy Spirit that helps us to lose our lives. He helps us. He walks us onto that altar. And when we give life, our lives there, it is that Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that gives us life and ignites life in us. So we're going to, can we go into a, a, a song the worship band's going to lead us? We're just going to move through. Just want to ask some of, the, some of the leaders to come in front to, to Luke. We just want to, we, we want to invite you guys to worship. Spend your time with the Lord. And we're going to come past and we just want to anoint you guys. We want to lay our hands on you and we want to commission you. We want to bless you and we want to commission you today. That you, when you walk out of this place, that there will be something different on your life just because of your yes. So I want to invite you to surrender, rest, give over on that altar and allow the Lord to touch your heart. Father, we just bless the sacrifice and we say thank you that George will be changed because of these people because of their yes. Lord, I thank you and I pray, Holy Spirit, that your fire will fall on the altar and ignite hearts again in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hey, if you, if you are still here and you've, you, man, you just long for a heart to burn for the Lord, I want to invite you, come forward. We'd love to pray with you guys. So leaders, you can start moving through as we move into a worship song and then we're going to end off.